This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. But that would also make you a horrible person because you know that you're getting ready to have a baby that's just going to die eventually on Mars. And we are back with another episode of Post Post Game for Flower of the After Hours. And we got P. Lace in the house waving her hands in the air before I even get introductions to pretend that we are very excited on a Monday after Easter as if we have the energy for this. So we have Pamela Lace. We have the Kij, and y'all are going to have to excuse me. I have not memorized Twitter handles. I only know the Kij because it's funny. We got Lou in sales, Bruce in sales. We got Kyle and Allie, who are two newcomers to Lower After Hours and Post Post Games. So I appreciate y'all joining us. Welcome, welcome. All right, perfect uh, noise of silence after welcoming our new guest. (laughs) So, All right, so on a Monday, uh, I'll be honest, uh, after a holiday with family and kids and listening to the show, there wasn't a lot that I think today's show was something we all wanted to come in and uh, really try to analyze or break down with a lot of the serious discussion. But the good thing was Lou was on his way back home from a vacation or family trip, and he apparently has some food advice that I imagine is like Chris Cody's alley. So Lou, uh, what kind of advice do you have? I have lots of things. So I, the other thing I was I was thinking about, like when you travel, when's the worst time to hit traffic? Like right, like an hour into your trip, or like the last hour of your trip? Which would you rather have? Because for me, we hit uh, like an hour long traffic right outside of Georgia, right when we got started. And those ones where we got up really early and left around like six, and so you think that we're making really good time, and. My daughter is here, and she wants to say good night. Good night. Good night. Hope y'all enjoyed y'all's trip. Hope they can't can hear you because it's you can't hear you. They say good night. Sorry. Okay. They're my headphones. They can hear you. Yeah, I know. Okay. Good to be night. fair, you all gave me the same response when I introduced our new friends. <laughs> so you're no, asking the worst time to hit traffic when hitting a road trip. Yeah. If you give me an obstacle, I'll quit anything. Yeah, because when you're almost home, it's. I mean, you've already been in the car for eight hours, so it's not like you're. You, you know, you. I know you want to get home, but like that, it makes the trip when it happens in the morning. It's so much. It feels like it's so much longer because you're like, no, like we just started, and now I'm just stopped. Yeah, I'm off my, because I always have like a deadline, like I want to be here at this time, and now I've lost time, and yeah, that pisses me off. All right, now comes to my other point, 
about hold on, hold on. I know you're excited. I know you're happy no. to be home. Nope. It, there's no also like yeah. the reason I restarted my computer was when my Wi-Fi was weak, and two, I wanted to try to scarf down this dinner I made without y'all seeing my <laughs> stuff in my face. I didn't have enough time. So uh, but Ali, Kyle, and Kiz was just waiting for me to talk, which is natural because it's what I do. But Kiz was going to jump in, even though you shouldn't be driving because you're 12. Yeah, yeah. Don't do illegal things, guys. No, I'm not a morning person, really. So it wouldn't really hurt me that much. Like, I'm still always a late starter. So, like, getting – I know when I'm on the long, long, tri- uh, long road trip, I'm always going to get there later in the day or at night. Uh, so getting there at a certain time doesn't really bother me. But, like, that last hour, you're like, okay, I'm so close. I can see the city limits. I'm right there. And then you get stuck in traffic. And what should be 30 minutes takes you an hour and a half. And you're just, you're also getting lost depending on how big the city, how shitty your cell phone connection is. Like this has happened to me three different times in Chicago. And I just want to like rage and, and uh, you just road rage and start fighting people outside of my car. But that's just me. See, I take the whole opposite approach. So I go completely against what you guys are saying because I time my trips based on when I have to pee. And if I hit traffic with an hour less to go in my trip, I'm going to have to stop again to pee because I can't just, you know, whip out a water bottle like you guys can and just pee in my car. I'm going to have to make that extra trip and it's going to piss me off, you know, pun intended, and then be even later because I had to stop again. Whereas I could factor in my pee stop with the traffic at the beginning rather than at the end. Yeah, no, I, I side with Kish. I absolutely would rather run into traffic early on because at least when I hit it early on, once I get through that traffic and I get into you know my drive or whatever, it makes the rest of my drive feel not as bad. Whereas if I hit it coming home when I'm already looking forward to, you know, getting home, relaxing, uh, not having to worry about the traffic or anything like that. Once I hit that and I got that last hour that turns into two or more of that for me, by far the worst so road trips is this a pandemic thing or not because i don't do round trips or road trips excuse me road trips over four hours like that's like the max i'll drive other than that i'm flying so everybody else here yes no i i road trip because i hate flying i'm scared to death i usually have to dope up on dramamine so i drive everywhere and it's not a problem for me i made it one time from sierra vista arizona to just outside of memphis in a day driving's not bad for me the reason i fly is so i can do drugs pam why uh are you a road trip yes or no Love a road trip. Music, wow. food, junk food, like plan your meals along the way. Like, ooh, I've never eaten there. That looks good. I love a road trip. Kish? I'm also a big road trip guy. Uh, I've done like, you know, easily 12 hours in a day. A lot, nice little bit of music, a couple of strolls. What more do you need in your life? It doesn't matter what Kish says. It sounds like the intro to a dating profile video from like <laughs> I'm a big road trip guy. I'm like, I'll go with you, bro. Never mind. I'm into road trips now. <laughs> Kyle, road trip guy? Yes, no? I'm on a road trip right now. So yeah, I, I love a good road trip. All right. No pun intended. I'm in the minority here. Lou, what else do you have for your road trip? All right. So I have, and this only applies for eating fast food or eating food while you're driving, but I have a certain order of like how I like to do things. So generally, like if I at Wendy's and I get the, you know, number six spicy chicken with fries and a drink. I could, I have to eat the whole sandwich first before I start eating the fries because it's too hard to hold the wheel and put, you got, cause you got to put the burger, you got to put the sandwich down. So I always eat the bur- sandwich first and then I go to the fries. What about you guys? Do you got anything? Is that similar to what you guys do? Or is it kind of like you put it down or have your wife hold it? I always hit the fries first. They get oh, the they're hot. Yeah. Yeah. 
cold fries are just miserable. Like a semi, a lukewarm burger, doable. I also think it has like more of a critical mass, less surface area, so it stays warm for longer. See, I have to customize my order when I go. I have to get a plain burger because it's the fastest way to scarf something down. You're not choking on a pickle or an onion or something. So I completely customize it, make it plain, scarf it down in two seconds, and I'm good to go. Don't you want to enjoy it? No, food's just a crutch. So I can eat almost anything that is a full meal like type thing, not like, you know, finger snacks and a road trip pretty quickly. So I don't have desired technique. Also, I don't care about cars that much. So mine can get dirty and I'll wash it later. Bam, you got like a grown kids though. Like, how do y'all do this? So I have a driver, which makes it kind of, it makes it a lot easier so we can switch off. So I can eat while she drives and then I'll drive so she can eat. So that makes road trips a lot easier. I'm not one to eat and drive. It's a terrible idea. I'll be wearing it. I'll be sitting in it. Terrible idea. Well, uh, we can say that both me and Kyle, definitely most of our food falls onto our beard. So that catches most of it before it comes down to our shirts. No, yeah, the beard is a great tool uh, for fast food driving on the road. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a sandwich first kind of guy. So question, have either one of you two beard guys, as you've labeled yourselves, taken food out of your beard mid road trip and eating it? Like just a, crumb, a a big enough chunk, not like a crumb, but you know, a big enough chunk that fell just in time to land there before you, before it can really fall off. It's heavy enough to stick, but you know, it's not going to last more than 10 seconds. So you got to hurry up and grab it and make a decision. I'm going to say, 100% I, don't, yes. I don't know if I have, because most of the time, if it has, it's just sauce is stuck in mine. It's just sauce. I don't think yeah. I've ever gotten a chunk of food stuck yeah, but that's because Lou's had... an adult and Kyle is just disgusting okay I don't get a sauce stuck in my beard first of all I'm thinking like a french fry you know just I, I grab a handful of french fries <laughs> did, you, did you miss your mouth I'm I mean, sorry my mouth. yes I, I I'm guzzling french fries yes that's how I eat them the occasional one might miss at the end of my beard real quick just back in the mouth it, it's that easy gentlemen I don't I don't understand what the issue is uh, the issue is that you defended that not getting a condiment, which literally soaks out of food and everybody without beards has dealt with, where something comes out of food and falls on you, every person in the entire world, into an entire piece of food called a fry that has its own name being stuck in your beard. That's the issue. Like, no, see, if it's a, if there's something with a condiment on it, a burger or a chicken sandwich or something like that, if, if I know there's a condiment on it, I am extra careful about how I'm eating it, the bite I'm taking, making sure that if it's going to drip, it's going to drip onto the onto the uh, wrapper or whatnot. French fries, at that point, I'm just an animal. I'm just grabbing them and shoveling. I love French fries, but on a road trip, the only thing is like, hope you have enough napkins. Lou, do you do the wipe? Oh. Did you wipe your hands on your shorts or jeans or whatever? I imagine, I think no, I, I have see to get you napkins. driving with- I do the uh, jeans. I, don't... I wipe it on the jeans. Do we have any drivers that use their knee, knee drivers, so you can have the two hands? I hate those people. No. Oh, I rest. am those people. Oh my God. Knee drivers, I, 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 like, uh, lower, lower the steering wheel. That shovel it in, good to go. Yep. I will never get a, any problem, you guys. Did we just never. discover a gender specific thing? We can multitask and you guys can't. Oh, That's yeah. good. Well, then there's that. One, one time I was in a car driving to a heat game and it was like one of my friend's dads driving us over. I was still in high school at that point. So it was last year. Um, <laughs> um, but um, uh, he was driving, eating like a sandwich, drinking some cafecito, and reading a newspaper while driving with his knees and he had like five kids in the car and uh, that was the scariest uh, i've been with people who were drunk and driving and i, I felt more safe well that's because you were drunk while <laughs> <laughs> like, you always feel safe because you're all drunk in that situation 
my theory kids is because us older kid people who had to put cds into their cars or maybe for pam maybe a tape you have to be able to control the steering wheel <laughs> oh Lou, hold on. A, you do this yeah th- back before when we had mp3 players and like everything was in bluetooth you had to be able to shift through your cd collection and be able to like put it in so you had to hold the cd collection as you're going through and and load into the cd player so you didn't have to do it no don't need to back in my day you had to eject the cassette flip it over for the b-side and put it back in that's what she said uh going into an i-40 thing where kyle was uh how was your day man yeah today was eventful so my girlfriend is eight months pregnant and um today while road tripping from virginia to louisville we um we had a little labor scare and it happened to come when we were in the middle of west virginia with no hospitals around like within what felt like hundreds of miles um and so my question was what where is the worst place to go into labor all right, so West Virginia, you're just taking out an entire area as far as like anywhere in West Virginia, you're saying if you have a child here, like that's it. It's the worst experience you could have. I, I've I'm never sure gone there, into there are labor some great places. personally. I'm sure West Virginia doesn't, but I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna be the guy to just support you on your first show here and take out an entire state. I've never given labor. I can have some ideas, but I feel like it would only be right to throw it to the most obvious people here that would know the answer, and that's Lou. Um, I would say uh, on a boat, like let's say you're going, you go out fishing, right? You're out fishing, so you're not too far away, but maybe you're two hours out, and then you go into labor on a small boat with maybe about ten people. I feel like that would be the worst spot. Yeah, I should think on that. Yeah, when you're traveling, right? Like the worst kind of travel where uh, being on labor would be a problem would probably be while you're on a plane, like on a long flight from like here to Hong Kong or something. And uh, yeah, like there's no one to help. You're gonna have to do an emergency landing by the time that happens, who knows. But even worse, I was trying to think what's the most extreme situation? What if you're one of those, you know, uh, astronauts, you know, selected to go to Mars? That's a seven month trip. Are you telling me no one's gonna get to any funny business on that trip? And when you get to Mars, what happens then? So. Okay. Yes. Two things. That's a pretty uh, bad I hate, place. I hate myself for originally agreeing with your plane take and then realizing like women wouldn't go on a plane when they're near labor. But two, do you not know how long it takes to have a baby? Because if Mars is a seven month trip, I don't think you're going to have sex, get pregnant and have a child during that rotation. Oh, but you, you know, you know, being on Mars is like a permanent thing. Like you're not coming back, right? You called it a seven-month trip. You can't counter this. You can't. No, it's seven-month trip there. Well, yeah, yeah. It's seven months to get there. Oh, to get there. Okay. And then, and then you have to you're that stuck on there make, too. But that would also make you a horrible person because you know that you're getting ready to have a baby that's just going to die eventually on Mars. Yeah. All right. So Mars was the. I, I think at the Tamarack. Roanoke. No hospital. So, going off the rails here flow i uh no i like it I, I, here's why i'm mad that at first i got mad at kids because i thought like i was just thinking of outrageous places also when this we talked about this before and the first two places i went was airplane and space also because i'm also a male and i think of places that women obviously wouldn't go while being close to labor 
Uh, and I was just mad that the first two ideas he had matched mine, except for the fact that he knew how long it takes you to get to Mars and all the other stuff. And then Lou started killing uh, fictional babies. Um, or I wasn't killing them. Uh, in this scenario. So I think the astronauts I, were killing them. Yeah, I think I knew I was doing the wrong thing where I made the joke of going to Lou first. So, uh, Pam, Ali, can y'all just like try to save us from getting canceled and then we'll find a way to a next smooth transition? You go ahead, Allie, and then I'll tell my terrible place that I did almost give birth story. Okay, awesome. So my first with the Mars thing, who's to say aliens don't have hospitals? You don't know that. So that could also be an option there. Second off, I think the worst time to go into labor was when you're in 40% into a shopping trip. Because do you still commit to getting the rest of your stuff while you're in labor? Or do you have to abandon 40% of things, whether it's food or Walmart target runs? Do you just have to abandon it there? And then have to go to the hospital like that's a lot of commitment and a lot of stuff within a car to just give up and let other people take if you're committed if your cart's already got stuff in it you got to keep going is that is that groceries and clothes for both of y'all because i feel like groceries i can leave groceries behind i'm having a baby my family get you later i gotta go to the hospital but if i have clothes like i some things get taken so is that for both y'all y'all leave both and just go or you fight through pam's fighting through both I'm fighting through. I mowed the grass while I was in labor with Claire because my husband needed to take a nap because he didn't know how long it would be. So thankfully I got induced with mine so I didn't have to worry about it, but I would completely just finish my shopping trip. Like screw the kid, he's being inconvenient. Uh so I'm sorry, you you mowed the grass while in labor, Pam? Yes. Um, so we lived on base in Okinawa. Oh, I lived in Japan. I never mentioned that. So let me throw that out. <laughs> never heard of this before. Yeah. Yeah, that's so awkward. All right, crazy, right? Konnichiwa. Exactly, konbanwa now. Yeah, um, dummy. Dummy, it's nighttime, so you have to keep your grass mode. And our grass was too high, and I mowed the grass because he said it could be a long night, which it was. Um, it could be a long night, and I can't be up all night. I'll be tired. So he took a nap, and I mowed the grass, so we wouldn't come home to a fifty-dollar ticket. I, yeah, so for anybody listening, and if we, if Pam blesses us to leave us in, we're just shaking our head at whoever the hell this man is. Oddly, that marriage didn't stick. I know, it's hard to believe. It didn't last. Now, can I ask you this? In Japan, do they have like, like lawn service type people? It was on base, you said? Yeah, I mean, you can hire locals and they would, you know, come out and mow the grass and stuff, but. I figured, well, I mean, I'm kind of a captive audience at that point. I wasn't going to go anywhere, so I might as well mow the grass. No, no, I was not criticizing because I don't want to say, I'm criticizing, Pam, why didn't you just pay somebody and get over it? Like, that's not what I was doing. I actually was just curious. I was just thinking of the concept of, uh, here's what I did. It was a super horrible thing. I was like, they have grass in Japan? And then I was like, if they have grass in Japan, do they have lawn service in Japan? I I don't know what I was doing in my head. And... I just basically just got lost in my own thoughts. You thought there was no grass in Japan? Well, not. I mean, I know it only lasts like three seconds, but there was a second where you thought that, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I've only been to one place overseas with the military, and it didn't have grass. So I was just thinking, like, anytime somebody's overseas, I refer to that. But no, it's not even that. Like, there's no excuse. I'm dumb. I don't understand how Mother Nature works. I think grass only exists in America. The U.S. of A. 
Yeah, the U.S. of A., where we invented grass. Thank uh, you for your service. Okay, um, so that's one of my labor stories, but then I have another worse labor story. I want all of them, Pam. Okay, the second one was boring and happened in a normal way. Oh, okay, let's get that kid. Tell him we I just came back from the beach. Claire's just home incense. from the beach. She brought me incense from the beach. Thank you, my love. What kind of incense? Um, we have fairy dust, what? coconut, star, I think stargaze, and cinnamon. Yeah. So we moved past your boring childbirth of which child that was, Pam. What was the other interesting story? So the other one is Meredith. Um, so we had a friend visiting from Virginia. We were in back home in Texas and we had a friend visiting us from Virginia and he had a flight to catch and needed a ride to the airport in Houston, which is an hour and a half from my parents' house. And my mom, being my mom, said, I don't think you should ride to the airport. I've got a feeling today's the day. And I'm like, no, I've done this twice before. I know when it's the day, we're good. Well, we get about halfway to the airport and I realized that we were not good. And things moved really fast, like so fast that I wasn't sure we would make it out of, we pulled into the departure and our friend got out of the car and I wasn't sure that um, my husband should even drive away. Like maybe he should like yell for one of the cops or something to get us an ambulance. We didn't, I kept my mouth shut. He doesn't even know I'm in labor at this point. We drive an hour and a half back. We get into the emergency room and marry her 15 minutes later. So, and I never told anybody until like, I told my husband like maybe the last 10 miles that I think I'm in labor. And then we had about 15 minutes to spare. That's it, almost born at the airport. All right, so all, all we learned from that was that Pam has uh, two really interesting birth stories and one boring one. Now is the boring birth story, is that the, like the most peaceful, quiet one? Because I wonder if there's a parallel there. No, she's the most wild and scaring me to death oh, every see? day of the three. Yeah, the other two are super chill and easy, and she's hell on wheels. Is it so the middle here. one? Yep, it's the middle one. Middle, yep. Yeah, we're all brats. Yep. The last thing I think, well, speaking of kids and having kids, Allie today spent an entire five hours with, was it all of your kids, one of your kids? You can give us the details of what I also compare up there to beaches is one of the worst places that people find entertaining. So I just had Lucy and my youngest Remy. It was Lucy's preschool field trip day that got canceled last year because of COVID. This was our first real big visit outside a grocery store. And we went to the Nashville Zoo and I was there for five hours, which is three hours too long that you'd ever, ever want to spend at a zoo, let alone the Nashville Zoo. Nashville Zoo needs to get over itself. That's a whole nother story. But what I noticed is zoos are completely useless to people. Zoos are great for animals. They get all the care and the love and the attention that they need. But as a person, you're just going around and kind of guessing if you're going to see an animal that day or not. About 80% of the animals that were there, I didn't get to see because they're up on a rock, up in a tree, hiding under some bamboo, under a tent. Zoos are worthless. I mean, it's good yeah. for one thing, I would say. Like, whenever I'm in a zoo, I always, you know, work up an appetite. Just all these animals looking delicious, especially those penguins. Oh, this penguin exhibit. Oof. But they look like Yeah, they don't even have penguins. It's that crappy of a zoo. They don't have penguins. I couldn't even get enjoyment out of, you know, staring or smelling the loft of a penguin. No, nothing. Nashville, get over yourself. 
Yeah, everybody everybody hates missing out on the wonderful uh, aroma that is penguins. Uh, that's the number one thing people go looking for. So the, the fishy poop is delicious. Yeah, kids, I am curious. How many times have you been somewhere and saw a penguin since you've been on this take, or just thought about penguins, and you find yourself subconsciously actually thinking about eating penguins now? Oh uh, yeah, this is not a joke. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm generally curious how a penguin tastes. Um, there's a bunch of them in St. Louis too, actually. So. Um, there's a bunch I've of penguins in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cold enough, but yeah, in the zoo, in the zoo, right? So there's like a penguin exhibit. There's even some puffins as well. You know, a couple yeah, of different species. I didn't, I didn't think there were just penguins on the block of St. Louis, uh, but <laughs> thanks for clarifying it was the zoo. They're chilling I, up there with Nelly and Chingy. Yeah, yeah. Zoos are just the most boring thing that there are. Like they're pointless. All animals, like you've seen one, you've seen them all. They do nothing. Like imagine what we are is we're stalkers that go stare through the window of your house. And the person that you're stalking isn't even in the living room. Like they're upstairs. Like you don't, all you're doing is looking at their furniture and being like, when are they going to come downstairs? It's, it's pointless. You're going there just to be disappointed. You're going there to disappoint kids. And then they have like 10 species back to back to back. Don't show me 10 different snakes. Once I've seen one of them, I know what the hell they look like. Keep this thing moving. Quit trying to be over the top. Uh, They're volume shooters. That's what zoos are. They're volume shooters. Kyle, how much do you hate zoos? Oh, I love zoos. And actually, the bane of my dad's existence. My dad loved to go to the zoo, was always pissed that I never wanted to go. Um, and to this day, as I'm a grown man, he will still bring it up. So, you know, I've, I've always despised the zoo. I'm sorry. Did your take start with, I love the zoo? <laughs> and end with, I despise the zoo because of did your it? father? I mean, I, did we just go through a therapy session of 20 years? Uh, in, in a sound clip of 10 seconds is that what i said at the start i don't know uh, i think so yeah that's what i heard, it's, it's, I, heard. Uh, I, I love this national zoo. championship yeah. night Bro, you know? I, I mean, subconscious uh, stuff mama. Through. all right kyle way to really start this off uh lou i don't think I, I, you're hard to read here because you're a nature guy i could see you loving trees but not zoos i feel like i'm i don't re- honestly don't remember the last time i went to a zoo it's been a while. I feel like I'm neutral. I'm in a neutral observer of zoos. Flem uh, is eating right now and he can't talk, so he's trying to say something. I guess that's the one way we get him to not talk is by ha- having him stuff his mouth with food. And then we can get a word in and see. Then we can take over and then it can come the Lou podcast, Jeff Bruce. Lou podcast, and Bruce I've... podcast. Help. <laughs> Help. I absolutely, sorry. I absolutely, I tried to fight through that. I thought Lou, because Lou is Lou, he always has like a good opinion. I thought he was going to at least carry long enough for somebody else who hasn't talked yet to go in. And um, no, I was wrong. He said the one time Lou's been on the fence about something was the time I tried to stuff food down my mouth. And I did feel like Bomani. I absolutely felt like Bomani, like somebody help. I'm choking if I try to talk now. But I wish I would have I I done it on purpose. That would have been better. But no. I, is there anything about the zoo, though, that y'all actually find interesting? Because I don't think there are. And I, What do you really go to a zoo for? The monkeys, if they have, if they have a good monkey exhibit, the good monkey exhibit is always, it's always fun to watch them run around. So the, uh, the zoo in Naples, Florida, had uh, an awesome monkey exhibit where they, um, they kind of lived on islands around the zoo. And you got to take a boat and watch them kind of live habitatless, um, just kind of as they would naturally. And that, that was actually pretty cool. They were actually moving around. But other than that, nothing else. Yeah, well, that's different, though. That's like going on, like, gator tours in Louisiana. Like, that's not a zoo. 
You're seeing animals so, in their live habitat. I mean, it, it was it was in a zoo though, so I mean that oh, okay. that part of the zoo was actually decent. Oh, I get it. For okay. once, there's actually this one uh, zoo down here. It's called like Monkey Jungle, down in Miami, and it's an interesting concept. So you're actually in cages. People are in cages. Everything's open to the monkeys, and you're walking through like hallways of cages, and you're able to like feed the monkeys and, shit, and they interact with you and they like pick up your your like whatever like nuts and fruits that you're giving them. And uh, that's honestly probably the best uh, zoo concept I've ever seen. It's you're you're the visitor, you know, and it's very clear that way. So one day we're gonna get into Kish's entire nightlife and I, I don't zoo life. Only Kish uh, would come here and <clears throat> love what that is, and you know I appreciate it. It's it's why you're the most beautiful animal that we have within this universe. Pam, do you have an opinion on zoos? I honestly don't have an opinion on zoos. I'm torn. Like, I don't like the idea of removing animals from their natural habitat just so um, we have something to do with a Saturday afternoon. But also, I can't lie and say I don't enjoy walking through the zoo occasionally. The zoo at Hershey Park is pretty fun. And the National Zoo in D.C. is pretty fun. But mostly we don't like zoos. And Meredith is horrified that Kish would eat a penguin. And yeah, she's still struggling to process that. We all are, Meredith. Like, you're not alone there. He's the weirdo here. It's not even close. You heard what he just said. He enjoyed going to a zoo in which he is on display. So you guys are so myopic. That's all I'm saying. Live a little. Ooh, we'll pass. No, she says no. I'd eat a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Lou with the last second support, the the buzzer beater to save kids from being really weirdo. I bet Off he bank. has eaten a penguin. He just hasn't admitted it yet. Probably from a zoo. That was Bruce. The only thing, the worst, the worst part about zoos, the worst employees ever. Like they wear these cargo shorts, and all they are are like the people that apply like at Six Flags or amusement parks that couldn't pass drug test. And that's how they became like teenagers working at the zoo. Except at the Miami Zoo, where Ron McGill works, they're the greatest employees, and that's the greatest zoo around. Ever. Greatest endowment, largest endowment. Donate, donate to Ron's large endowment. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.